Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. We're glad that you're here. This is a, uh, a fun day for us today. Uh, we get to baptize some folks at the end of the service. But we like to begin. Yeah, yeah, it is exciting. So, but we like to begin with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. We do believe that God is with us, whether we're gathered together in the room or whether we're gathered together virtually online. Uh, we, are, we are glad that God's Holy Spirit meets us right where we are. You bow your heads with me. Let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you that today you, you do give us that blessed assurance of your love, of your presence, of your victory over sin and death, and our, our chance to share in that victory as we trust in you. God, today we bring to you all that is, uh, that is weighing us down this week and all that's lifting us up. God, you know what mixed emotions this past week has brought. Uh, we've, got, we've got hope that perhaps we might be coming out of the, the great darkness of this uh, coronavirus season that's lasted for a year now. And uh, so, so, God, we're, we're on the one hand hopeful, but then, then we uh, hear the news reports out of Atlanta and we realize just how far we have to go and the violence and the hurt and the pain and the grief. And God, sometimes all of it, and, and those are just two of the thousands of things that, uh, that we experience each and every week, God. Things that lift us up and make us hopeful and things that knock us down and, uh, and make us wonder. God, today, we bring all of this to you because we trust in your love, because we've seen you display your love in the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, in your willingness to give all that you are to us in him. God, today, you know there are some of us that need that, that song we sang to be true, that you turn graves into gardens. There, there are some of us, God, that today we are feeling the, the darkness of death in our lives. And we need you to, to comfort our grief. Uh, God, we need you to to make some things alive in us that, that had died? God, would you grant us, uh, would you give us hope? Would you give us your joy? Would you, would you give us your Holy Spirit to remind us of your great love? Thank you, God, for this love and grace that you pour out on us so freely. There's not a single one of us here that, that come into this time, into this place, uh, with any right of demanding anything of you. God, we, we haven't earned your love or earned your pleasure or earned your grace. You simply love us as the God who made us, as the God who cares for us, as a father has compassion on his children. You have compassion on us. You see us in the mess that we make of our lives. And instead of condemning us, you come to us. You enter into our mess in Jesus Christ so that you can lift us out of it. So that even when we go through these dark times, we know that we're not alone, that you are with us. So please, God, today, would you shine your light into our darkness? Today, would you, would you give us the hope that we need to trust and follow you? God, you, you challenge us each and every day to trust you, uh, to not give up or to ju not just go with the flow, but instead to, to follow you on the difficult road of love and service. And so, God, today, we pray that you would that you would help us by your Holy Spirit to be open to saying yes to you, to trust you, that you know what you're doing when you call us, when you lead us. Thank you, God. Thank you for this chance that we have today to, to worship you, to sing our praises to you, to give you thanks, to, to cry out to you in need. We know that you love us and we know that you're with us because you've shown us this in Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Uh, the peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. 
Thank you. Those of you in the room, you can go ahead and have a seat. Uh, normally, we would uh, be walking around and greeting each other and all that good stuff. We just can't do that yet. Not yet. We're so close. Uh, it feels like we're getting closer all the time. Um, I know Stacy and I, just this last week, we were able to get our, our vaccination shots. And we did the one and done, so we're, we're done. We'll be, like, you know, immune or whatever in a couple of weeks. And, uh, but until that day, until, you know, we reach the point where finally... Oh, and I just heard uh, tomorrow, starting tomorrow, anybody age 40 and up is eligible, eligible to make a vaccine appointment here in Indiana. So um, there's, there's hope, you know, right now. And um, I know I'm looking forward to getting back. I was just talking with somebody about how frustrating it is to have to wear masks during the service and, and all the rest and, and have to keep our distance from each other because we're just not that kind of church, you know. We're the kind of place that we want to we hang out. We want to gather around tables. We want to laugh. We want to talk. We want to hug and all those kinds of things. Well, not all of us. Some of you, you know, you already keep us at a distance and that's fine. That's not a problem. But um, I'm so looking forward to the day that we don't have to worry about all this stuff. We're not there yet, uh, but we're on our way. Um, if you're in the room, then I'd invite you at some point before you leave to grab one of those little green cards back by the offering box. Uh, let us know you're with us today. Drop it in there. If, if you're with us online, or you can do it this way if you're in the room, you can go to livinghope.info connect and fill out that little digital connect card. And, uh, and then that way we can, um, we can connect with you. Do we have a little thing you can put up on the screen that says connect or something like that? Oh, hey, there it is. Um, you can just go there and, uh, and fill that out. Let us know you're with us. Share how we can be praying for you. And, uh, and if you want to give today, if you're in the room, you can drop it in the box. If you're with us online, you can go to livinghope.info give, and you can give online. Or again, several of you do that. You're with us here in the room. I'm, I'm doing that right now. Oh, not right now. No, we, we give once a month. And uh, anyway, but that's how we do that. Um, so several of you are doing that. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry here and around the world that happens uh, through your giving to Living Hope. Uh, this was a fun year this past year for giving. I mean, several of you gave so generously, uh, not just for us here, uh, but for Habitat for Humanity, for, uh, for all sorts of different things. Uh, you collected 200 pounds of bras for Free the Girls. It was, it was amazing. Um, we've got a new opportunity we're inviting you into today, uh, uh, which I don't think... Oh, I've got this all out of order, don't I? What's next back there? Pop, pops up on the screen and we'll... Oh, kids' ministry is starting next Sunday. That's what I wanted to say. All right. So elementary kids' ministry is going to happen here in the building starting next Sunday. And so um, if you've got kids in, you know, kindergarten to sixth grade, uh, 9 o'clock service, which is the only one we've got right now, uh, they'll be back in the elementary room and would love to have you with us. Um, what do I have up there after that? Is it the Easter egg hunt? Is that what's... Oh, and then the 6K. All right. All right. That's what I was... I knew it was in there somewhere. So... Um, there's a big banner out front, and there's some postcards, and tomorrow is World Water Day, which uh, is a chance to emphasize the importance of clean water. Every year for the last several years, we've been, uh, we've been participating in this global 6K for water with World Vision, raising money to provide clean water for kids around the world, and uh, we would love to have you participate. You can go to valpo6k.com to join the team, and for the next few weeks, there is, I'm not sure how many, sometime in mid-April that it ends, so I wouldn't put it off. There's a promo code that's $15 off your registration. Uh, it's clean water. And if you go to valpo6k.com and just scroll down, it's, it's right there so you don't have to forget it. And um, uh, yeah, if you go to valpo6k.com, uh, there are donors that want you to be involved so bad that they're willing to, to give $15 toward everybody's registration. Now, $50 is what it costs to provide clean water for somebody in these communities. And, uh, and so that's the adult registration for this. Already there are donors that were uh, foot and half the bill for kids 18 and, and younger. Uh, so it was only 25. But right now, 
there's somebody else coming and saying, oh, we'll pay the fifth, first 15 of that. So like for kids, it's just 10 bucks. Uh, so our, our twin boys are already signed up. Uh, but if you haven't signed your kids up yet and you want to participate, now is the time to do it. Use that promo code and, and uh, take advantage of the generosity of those givers and join them in providing clean water for kids around the world. Uh, I found out I'm, I'm walking this year for Derek, age nine, in Uganda. He's going to have lasting access to clean water because I decided to invest 50 bucks and take a four-mile walk. All right, so that's happening in May, but I would encourage you to sign up now. And, um, and one other thing, e Easter is just a couple weeks away. We are going to have an Easter egg hunt in between the services. Oh, in between the services. We're going to do two services on Easter Sunday, all right? We might, I don't know if we'll need it or not, but we're going to have it just to make sure we got room because some of you have been saying like, oh, I want to come back Easter Sunday. You know, I, I, we're still not sure we can be back every week, but we know we want to be there for Easter. And so we're going to have the 9 o'clock and the 10.30 services on Easter Sunday. And in between at 10.10, we'll have an Easter egg hunt out in the grass for all the, all the kiddos, all right? And then one other thing that I don't think, I don't think we have anything else up there, do we? Okay. Uh, one other thing that uh, I want to make sure you know about uh, I had somebody from another church in town stop by this past week and say, hey, there's this, uh, there's this Easter cross thing. Have you heard of it? And I was like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. There was a guy that uh, years ago, I think he visited Normandy and saw all the white crosses in the cemetery over there and thought he was inspired to say, boy, wouldn't it be cool around Easter time if all the Christians in a community, um, if all the churches worked together and just put a white cross out in their yard uh, to symbolize Christ's death for us and then his resurrection. So they... they paid for them and just gave us a big box of 50 of these things. So they're these Easter crosses that they've got little stakes on the back. You can take them off, stick them, you stick it in the yard. And, um, and the idea that they have, and that I encourage you to do if you take one, they're right back there on your way out the door, you can grab them, uh, is you put them white side out until Easter Sunday, and then you flip them around so it shows that he is risen on Easter Sunday, and then you can leave it up for a few days after Easter, uh, just so that all your neighbors get a chance to like, see that and think, oh, okay, that's somebody that's a Christian. If I've got questions about Jesus, I, maybe I should ask them. Um, because, you know, it, uh, it's a conversation starter. And sometimes we've got friends and people that don't have any idea who to talk to if they've got questions about God or about Jesus. And this is a way of you saying, like, oh, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I believe that his, his death uh, made a difference in my life. And so they'll know that you're somebody safe to approach and to ask. So just if you want one of these, there's a whole big box of them back there. I'd encourage you to grab one on your way out today. I feel, I feel like there was something else I was going to say besides the fact that we get to celebrate uh, the sacrament of baptism at the end of today's service. Uh, so, but just to let you know what's going on for the rest of this, uh, this time together, um, Pastor Judy's going to get up and preach in just a moment and share the word with us. And then after she preaches and, and we pray, we're going to celebrate communion together. And we've got two different people that want to get baptized today. And so, if, uh, and so we're going to baptize them at the end of the service. And hopefully by then we'll have this warmed up a little bit uh, so that it's not as cold as it is right now. All right. Uh, but uh, if you're curious about baptism and you want more information about that, reach out. Let me know. If you've never been baptized and you'd like to get baptized. I know just in the lead up to this, I had somebody saying, oh, we've got a, a couple of our kids want to get baptized. I'm like, great, let's find a Sunday that works for you and for the people you want to have here. And, uh, and we'll, we'll baptize them. That's fantastic. So anyway, all right, I'm getting ahead of myself now. Pastor Judy, why don't you come on up and, uh, and, uh, and bring the word to us. Uh, as she's coming up, could, I, could we just pray for just a moment again? Let's do that. All right. Thank you, God for the invitation to, to worship you today. Uh, thank you for the chance to listen for your Holy Spirit speaking through the scriptures. Um, we appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to hear you speaking to us. It's amazing, God, that these ancient scriptures speak to us today. So would you, uh, would you speak through Pastor Judy? Would you help us to have ears to hear and hearts that are ready to obey? Uh, I'm reminded of that prayer from, uh, from Psalm 19, God. May the, um, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. That's our prayer today, God. Thank you. Pray in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. I am so excited to be here this morning to be able to share in the baptism of, of Cindy and of Scott and to be able to um, remember my own baptism in that and through that. It's, it's just an exciting celebration of what God is doing in and among us and, and in the people in this church. And um, so hang in there. This shouldn't take long, I don't think. <laughs> and, um, and please make a point to stay afterwards after communion is done and celebrate along with us. Well, this morning is the fifth Sunday of Lent, and we're going to be looking at a passage, passage that for some can be a little difficult in the Lenten story. It's, um, last week, Pastor Rich talked about the yeast of the, the um, Pharisees and of, the, of King Herod, and, and um, that they were demanding signs and wonders from Jesus, okay? And from that time to the next section of Scripture... Jesus had been healing a blind man, and, and then Peter declares that Jesus truly is the Messiah. He, you know, Jesus asks, who do, people, who do people say that I am? And Well, some say you're, you're Elijah, some say you're, um, was it Moses? I'm going by memory now. It's, okay. <laughs> um, and he says, but who do you say I am? And Peter said, well, you're the Messiah. And um, so this was a kind of a high point in the life of Jesus with his relationship with the disciples, he kind of was probably thinking, I know I would be thinking, oh, they're finally starting to get it. Whew. And then, um, uh, then we get to Peter's declaration after his declaration. Jesus continues talking to his disciples. Now, he's just, he's just kind of gone, oh, they're finally starting to get it. And then he's like, okay, I got some things I got to tell them. And that's in Mark chapter 8, 31 to 9, 1. So let's look at what that says. Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man, meaning himself, must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples, then reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan, he said. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then, calling the crowd to join the disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If, you're tr if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it, but if you give up your life for my sake... And for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns to the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Jesus went on to say, I tell you the truth. Some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God arrive in great power. The word of the Lord. Okay, so does anyone here have that one friend that you can count on to be the person who will say out loud what everybody else is thinking? Anyone? Okay, well, apparently, um, in my team of people that I work with in my full-time job, I'm, I'm that person. <laughs> I, 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 and I don't get it because I do have a filter 
because I don't say most of what pops into my head because usually it's not appropriate to the situation and it wouldn't be helpful for anyone. So there is a filter and yet I'm still known as the person that will say what everybody's thinking. So that's why I think I identify with Peter so well. Peter's kind of that guy. He's that guy that will say what pops into his head. And here we are with Jesus. And he's just said to Jesus, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. But then when Jesus turns around and says, well, I'm going to suffer and die. He was very open, very direct with his disciples. He didn't talk in parables. He wasn't talking in stories. He just says, I'm going to die and I'm going to suffer. But three days later, I'm going to rise again. Well, Peter, who's so passionate, so fervent in his faith and his devotion to Jesus, who had just declared that Jesus was the Messiah, and now Jesus is calling him Satan based on what he just said. I, I imagine that that had to have been a, an awkward and uncomfortable situation. Um, it even feels uncomfortable for us when we talk about this passage and talk about Peter, one of the favorites of Jesus, seemingly, and one of the three that were in his inner circle being called Satan. Maybe perhaps because we, like Peter, can fall into the same category of questioning Jesus sometimes. So that lends the question, then, why did Jesus say what he did to Peter? What was it about what P Peter said to him that caused him to turn and say, get behind me, Satan? So what's the first thing you think of when you hear the word Satan? Right? Thanks to movies and TV and pop culture, cartoons, we tend to think of this, maybe this little red creature with the horns and a tail and a pitchfork sitting on our shoulder, or you know, a, a man dressed very slick, but maybe looking very evil, very devious, or even looking more like a leathery-skinned sort of demon-looking guy, right? Um, that's not the usage that Peter was using here, or that Jesus was using towards Peter when he called him Satan. What's important for us to know is that Satan in this verse doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean a devil. It means adversary or tempter. And a more accurate translation gives us the sense of a prosecutor in a court of law. Jesus is trying to explain that he is going to die. No stories, no parables, just right to the point, like I said. Peter becomes the adversary in this story when he rebukes Jesus, when he reprimands him by saying, oh no, Lord, please don't, don't let it be like that, right? And the argument he's using is much like a lawyer in a courtroom. And because of the word that Jesus uses for Peter, Peter's argument most likely was pretty persuasive. Now, of course, we don't know exactly what Peter said. It's not recorded. But it must have been a pretty good argument for Jesus to use this term adversary or tempter about Peter. Well, then Jesus turns when he rebukes Peter. He does this by reiterating that he is going to die. But then he goes a step further. We see this in verse 34. Calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. When we think of crosses, we think of 
pretty, shiny, decorative crosses. We wear them around our necks, or we put them up on our walls. Maybe we think more of a crucifix with a Jesus still on that cross, but even with that, our crosses are very sanitized. Very sanitized versions of the cross that Jesus is talking about here. Maybe it would be helpful if we thought more along the lines of, of an electric chair or a lynching tree and the horror and devastation that something like that brings to mind for us. It's very similar to the, the, the thoughts that would be evoked when Jesus was telling these people to take up their crosses. <clears throat> In our modern context, we often think of having a cross to bear as being something uh, frustrating, a frustrating situation or a tragic event or even a chronic painful illness. You know, you've heard people say, well, it's just my cross to bear. Well, I'm not here to minimize the pain of of some of the burdens that we carry. Some of us carry really, really painful, heavy things. But the author of our devotional that we've been going through together calls these things thorns as opposed to crosses. And this is in reference to 2 Corinthians 12 where Paul talks about the thorn in the flesh. Often the situations that we label crosses are useful for sanctification. And we may suffer, truly, truly suffer, but it's still different than a cross. When Jesus picked up his cross, he, cross. I was, I, this is, it's a southern thing. In the south, they call it a cross. I don't know why. But it, anyway, when Jesus picked up his cross, he experienced suffering that is beyond what we can comprehend. And he walked the path to literal death. It wasn't figurative. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, there's a word. And I can't think of it. We'll just keep moving. Crucifixion at that time was a public shaming in the most extreme sense. When we think of public shaming, do you ever think of stocks? That's what, I, that's what came to mind. You know, people putting in the, being put in the stocks in medieval times and having rotten fruit and vegetables thrown at them, rotten food. And while that is humiliating and that is definitely publicly shaming, crucifixion is exponentially more so. What being crucified for, meant for Jesus was that everyone thought Jesus had failed. Everyone. The government, the religious rulers, of course they thought they had won at his death, at his crucifixion. But his friends, his family, his, his disciples all thought Jesus had failed at his mission. It meant that Jesus was aligning himself with the kingdom of God and the way and will of his father. It was a way of self-sacrifice, humbleness, and seeking after God. One of the authors of our devotion, we have two people that wrote this devotional, but Reverend Lobdell describes the cross as the eternal no of God. I thought that was really, really just striking. It is the eternal no of God to revenge, to violence, power games, and cycles of retribution. Man, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? I mean, this, this, was, this was going on in Jesus' day. It's going on today. Was it Lamentation says there's nothing new under the sun? I have a friend who said there's nothing new. It's all the same, just a different soundtrack. That was funny. 
I promise. You'll get it later. You'll catch up. Anyway, the the way of the cross and crucifixion took Jesus to his literal death. The cross he carried was not a pretty decoration. It was an implement of suffering and, and dying. He carried the very instrument of his own cruel death. What the people that Jesus was speaking to understood that we don't always grasp in our context is that the cost of following Jesus, of being his disciple, is to follow the same path that Jesus followed, including possibly carrying our cross. Not a decorative, sanitized cross, not something pretty, not hung around our necks necessarily, but we too are to humble ourselves to the point of public shame for what is good and holy and loving. Sounds, it seems like a contradiction, doesn't it? If it's good and it's holy and it's loving, it should be nice. But it's not often. Often it is, it is um, ugly and it is um, shameful. We too are to align ourselves with the self-sacrificial way of God's kingdom. We should willingly lay down our privileges our blessings, our jobs, our rights, our everything to follow after Jesus. We're called to lay down our very lives out of love for God and for others. Remember the two greatest commandments? Love God, love others. Seems so simple. (laughs) I imagine many of us have learned or assumed that the laying down of our lives is metaphorical when following Jesus. But consider, though, that it's not metaphorical for the disciples. It wasn't. Most of them did, in fact, die for following Jesus. It wasn't metaphorical for many, or it's not metaphorical for many believers today in many places in the world where it's dangerous to believe in and follow Jesus. That still can be a death sentence in some places in our world to follow Jesus. And it's not meant to be metaphorical for us here either. We must be willing, if called upon to do so, to lay down our lives out of love. Today, we get the privilege, the honor, to um, baptize two people. And it's a great day to be here to witness this occasion, as I said at the beginning. But what is unique about baptism is that it's a tangible illustration of the cost of discipleship, of taking up our cross, In baptism, we symbolically die with Christ as we go down below the water so that we can know the power of his resurrection as we come back up. We don't have to run from death or from dark, painful days because we know that death is not the final end. We have the hope of resurrection. So this leads us to ask the question, then, why did Peter even rebuke Jesus? Why did Peter, who should have been getting it, Why didn't he get it? Why did he say what he did to Jesus? It says, perhaps Peter wanted Jesus to take an easier way, to kind of keep the status quo to a point. Perhaps he trusted that Jesus had the power to do something different than dying on a cross. Peter had been seeing the miracles Jesus had been doing up to that point. He knew the power that Jesus had. Maybe he thought Jesus was going to do something different because he could. There's also a pretty good chance that Peter understood that to be Jesus' disciple 
meant he would have to follow him wherever he went, which meant following him even unto death. Peter, along with the other disciples, had given up a lot to follow Jesus. They'd given up family and comfort of home, and they wandered around with this guy that was saying and doing things that they had never heard said and done before. And he knew that he may have been, or we, he may have been worried that he would be required to give up even more if he was to follow Jesus' example of willingly going to his death. <clears throat> now before we think too harshly of Peter, let's keep in mind that Peter reacted in a way that was very human and very normal, very much like I would have, I, I would imagine, in that same situation. We prefer to be comfortable and to avoid pain. I don't know about you guys, my pain avoidance instinct is pretty, pretty active. I prefer not to experience pain, let's be honest. And it isn't unusual as a human, as a human being to be willing to give up comfort, ease, and privilege for the sake of others. Most of us will do whatever we can even to avoid death. I've said it before, and maybe not to you folks, but I'm not worried about the being dead part because I know where I'm going to end up. I know I'm going to be with the Lord. It's the, it's the journey to there sometimes that concerns me. I have some preferences for the mode of transportation to heaven, let's be honest. Most people do whatever it takes to avoid death. Our health and beauty industries are very telling in that regard. People will spend big money on products that will make them at least appear to be younger and healthier. It's also what makes health, wealth, and prosperity gospels so appealing. We only have to sacrifice a little, and in return we'll receive an abundance, a blessing from God. And it's only fair that if we do our part, Jesus will make our lives easy and comfortable. And this is why Peter is so relatable for us. I imagine that we too would be telling Jesus to do things a little bit differently and to take an easier path. But he didn't. Jesus followed the path his father had given him, the difficult way of the cross. And we are called to that same difficult way alongside Jesus no matter the cost. We have examples of people who have done just that. You have Mother Teresa, who was born into a very wealthy family, but instead ministered to lepers in India. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was imprisoned by the Nazis for um, defying their regime and what they wanted of him as a pastor. I think of Corey Tenboom, who hid Jews during World War II as a Christian and who lost everything except her own life in the um, gas chambers in the concentration camps. These lives serve as a reminder, reminder to us that the way to follow Jesus is the way of the cross. There are no promises of ease and comfort. There are times that are going to be hard, even very hard, even impossible seeming. But it is the good way, the way of the cross. This is our journey of Lent, for Jesus as well as for us. The only way to resurrection through Christ is through the cross. Resurrection can't be experienced without death. Can't be resurrected if you don't die first, right? Okay, um, so we travel the way of Jesus, 
dying to the things that the world tells us is good. And we travel down the blood-soaked road that he walked out of love, out of grace, and out of obedience. Though we know where the path leads, still we will follow. There's a song, an old song in there, but I won't sing it. I, trust me, we're better off. <clears throat> but in, in a moment, we're going to prepare to receive the elements of communion. And as we do, I want to ask you to just take a moment and think about this idea of taking up your cross and following Jesus in this way. And ask if there's any point in your life, any place, where you've kind of drawn a line in the sand and said, God, I'll go this far with you, but no farther. This is where I'm drawing the line. And then make that decision today that you will follow Jesus even unto death, if that's what he asks of you. Let's bow our heads and, and pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, none of us really, really enjoy the thought of suffering or dying. Yet, Lord, that is what you've called us to, and you have made a way for us to do so with the hope of our resurrection in you. And, Father, I just ask that you, in your Holy Spirit, would speak to each heart and each life here, Lord, that for myself you would challenge me to look at those places where I've drawn a line and said, no, Lord, I, I can't follow you past this. I'm only willing to give up up to here. And Lord, as, as we go into communion, as we go into a time of sharing together your body and your blood, I pray that, that we have already settled in the, our minds, settled in our hearts this question of will we follow you all the way until death for the hope of a resurrection in you. Now I would ask that all of you would join with me in praying the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. For those of you at home that have joined us, this is your opportunity to gather your elements so that you can participate along with us. You bow your heads with me. Thank you, God. Thank you for this great love that you have shown us in your son, Jesus Christ, this grace that you have given to us uh, so that we don't need to be afraid, but instead we can, we can come to our loving Heavenly Father uh, to receive mercy and to find grace to help us in our time of need. Thank you, God, for the great forgiveness that you offer. Thank you for the new life that you give, this life out of death, this resurrection life on the other side of suffering, on the other side of sacrifice. Thank you, God that out of love for us you held nothing back but gave us your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the sacraments that we get to celebrate today that remind us of this in tangible, touchable ways. God, we offer to you these gifts of bread and juice, and we pray that by your Spirit's presence here you might, that we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. 
remembering the call to follow you, to take up our cross, and remembering, too, that the story doesn't end there, that, that you conquered sin and death and the devil. You have taken our death, and you give us your life. Thank you for this, God. We pray, too, uh, over these waters of baptism. God, thank you for, for meeting us here. Lord Jesus, you had no sin to confess, but you joined us in your own baptism out of solidarity with us dirty, rotten sinners. You, you met us there, and you meet us here today. Thank you. Thank you for this sacrament where we, we can look back, so many of us in our own lives, to our own baptisms, or we've been told about it, that we were baptized as children. God, your grace reaching out to us before we ever had reached out to you. Uh, embracing us, drawing us into your family. Thank you, God, for the opportunity today to celebrate with those who will be uh, dying with Christ and rising again, dying to an old way of life and rising to life with you. God, would you remind all of us uh, of our own baptisms, of, of the way that you grabbed a hold of us and gave us new life as we've trusted in you. Thank you, God. Thank you for your presence here. Uh, in those times where it feels imaginary to us or something, <laughs> it feels unreal to us, you give us these moments uh, that we can look back to uh, where we know, no, I was, I was soaking wet that day. God, God met me there. Or no, I remember the taste of that bread. I remember the taste of that juice. I know that Jesus gave his life for me. God, today, we offer you ourselves. We... we we hold nothing back from you. We give you ourselves, our, our trust, our lives. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would meet us here, that we might be transformed, that we might live in this world as the body of Christ, that we might live as your children, as those who are willing to sacrifice, are willing to pour ourselves out so that others can experience your love and your grace. Thank you, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, if you're here in the room with us, you've got the little, the little cups on the table. If you're joining us online, if you've gathered together bread and juice, uh, then we're going we're gonna to receive those together. On the night that Jesus uh, was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks for it, gave it to his disciples and said, Take this, eat it, all of you. This is my body broken for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and eat the bread. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to his disciples and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This seals the new agreement between God and humanity. When you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and drink. We do remember God and we give you thanks for the great love that you have shown us in your son, Jesus Christ. Please, God, today, would you fill us with the spirit of Christ? Fill us with your love and your grace. Transform us from the inside out that we might live in this world in a way that gives honor and glory to you and that reflects the love of our Lord Jesus, whom we follow. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so now we have the chance to, to baptize a couple of folks. Um, Baptism is this, uh, this wonderful opportunity 
for us to celebrate uh, all that God does for us, the washing away of our sins. As Pastor Judy mentioned, uh, our dying uh, with Christ to, to sin and to an old way of life and rising again to new life with him. And um, from time to time, we have folks that are like, hey, I haven't been baptized, and they ask about it. And, and uh, uh, today was a chance that, uh, that Cindy, one of our next door neighbors, Cindy Rogers, had said, hey, I, I haven't been baptized yet, and I'd like to be. And could we do it on the 21st? Because I've got friends that that's the day they could, be, they could skip out of their church. They could you know, skip out of their other responsibilities. And they could be here to celebrate, celebrate with me. And I said, sure. And then, um, and then as we were talking about it, then Scott heard about it. Scott Van Blair came in and he said, hey, I've been wanting to get baptized too. Could I get baptized that day? And I said, well, yeah, sure, no problem, Scott. That'd be great. I guess first, before we, before we dive into baptism, you're, you're not being baptized just into this church, right? You don't have to get baptized every time you go to a new church, like, oh, I better get baptized into, into the church down the street now that I've joined them. Uh, baptism is this thing where you're baptized into the church universal, the church Catholic. Uh, we're going to say the Apostles' Creed in just a moment, which includes that line that I believe in the, in the Holy, Holy Catholic Church, I think is how it says. Now, all of a sudden, I'm having, uh, I know what it's like to stand up here and have words uh, skip out of your head. And I know in the past some people said, wait, wait, we're not Roman Catholic, right? Well, that word Catholic means like the whole, the whole of the church. It's not just one particular part of it. You're being baptized into the family of God around the world. You've got brothers and sisters all over the place. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. And um, so as we, as we begin, uh, could we just uh, confess together the, the, this creed of our faith, the Apostles' Creed? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And this is the faith that you are being baptized into today. This is the family that you are being baptized into. Uh, let's see. Cindy, you asked first, so you get to be baptized first. Scott, you can have a seat uh, anywhere you'd like here. Um, you know what? Let's go ahead. Are you, are you ready to get wet? So. All right, here we go. It's cold. It's cold? Yeah, it's me. Okay, all right. Sorry. Well, and you're about to be really wet, too. All right. So, so Cindy, I've asked you before, but I'm going to ask you again. Have you trusted in Jesus Christ to forgive your sins? Yes, I do. All right. And are you doing your best with his help to live for him? Yes, I do. All right. All right. And let's go ahead and, uh, and have you have a seat here. All right. Let's face that way. All right. Good job, Cindy. You want to go ahead and plug your nose. All right. Hold your nose. And then hold on with this hand over here, all right? Cindy, I baptize you. It's my privilege to baptize you in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You did it. You did it. You did it, Cindy. Welcome to the family of God. You made it. Did I do it? You did it. You did it. You have a second thought, Scott, after that? No? Okay. All right. When we started this church, we didn't have a building. We didn't have a place to do any of this stuff. And so for the first several years, we did all this in people's swimming pools and uh, did one in a hot tub, did, did, baptized people in lakes. Uh, this is only the second time, I think, that we've used this. And uh, it's a little challenging getting in and out of this thing. It's a little easier getting into a pool, honestly. Uh, come on in, Scott. 
Woo! Now, I asked you before, I'm going to ask you again. Uh, have you trusted in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. And are you doing your best to live with him with his help? Yes. All right, then let's go ahead and have a seat. Plug your nose and hold on. All right. It's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Congratulations, Scott. <laughs> Welcome to the family of God, brother. <laughs> I was about to say, anybody else? But I, if you want to get baptized, let's talk about it first, all right? I'd be happy to, happy to pray with you, talk with you, and... Uh, and uh, I, you might have heard me ask Cindy, like, you want me to pour water over your head? Because here in the Church of the Nazarene, if anyone's like, man, I can't do that. Uh, the church down through the ages has not only dunked people under the water, but has poured water over heads. It's done all kinds of ways to, to help people experience the waters of baptism. So if this just looks impossible to you, but you'd really like to be baptized, don't let, don't let this stop you, okay? Uh, this is an opportunity that's open to all of us, and we'll make sure that we can get you baptized one way or another if you haven't already been. Uh, let's, let's pause for a moment. Let's pray for these two that have just been baptized today. God, thank you for the faith of Cindy and of Scott, uh, which didn't start today, but today in obedience to you, they went ahead. They wanted to experience this sacrament uh, to remind them forever that they have been embraced by you, that they have died to an old way of life and risen to a new one. So God, we pray that you would uh, help them by your Holy Spirit, uh, that you would strengthen them and enable them uh, to fulfill this, this new life, to follow you faithfully, Lord Jesus. God, we pray this for all of us that you would help us to faithfully follow you, that we would live up to all that baptism means for us. And God, we pray that you would help us to be there for each other, to be there in support of Cindy, to be there in support of Scott, to, to love each other as you have loved us. Thank you, God, for all of this and for so much more. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, you know what they might have been waiting for? I completely forgot. I wanted to read something from each of them, and I didn't do it. So now, here we go. All right. I'm going to go ahead and read for you what they both wrote. They can't hear it, but they'll get to see it later. All right? I had asked Cindy. Ha, huh, man, I'm out of practice. I had asked Cindy why she wanted to get baptized, and she had said, I want to grow in my relationship with God. He helped me out of the darkness when I didn't have anyone. I want to become a better person, and she mentioned, with God and with my new friends. So um, Cindy is, uh, is eager uh, to, to grow and to continue. And Scott said, I went down a wrong road for a long time. Four years ago, God and one of his children stepped in, and now I want everyone to see that I'm living in the light. So very, very good testimonies from both of them, and I can't believe I forgot to read them when they were standing right here in the water. All right. I got nervous, choked. All right. Uh, as we go, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.